Good morning, everyone on the platform. Can I just check with the committee secretary whether we have a quorum to proceed? Recording in progress. Um, good morning, Chairperson and everyone on, on the platform. Chair, if you can give us a, a, a couple, two minutes, Chair, then we will confirm all the attendance, Chair, if that is we okay. Thank you so much. No problem, Chair. Good morning, Mr. Hermans. Are we ready to proceed? Chair, I was just going to about to, to start course. Um, speak to you, Chair. We can proceed, but both committees are, 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 are curating. So I will start with the NA component and my colleague, Ms. Koff, will deal with the um, NCOP component, just in terms of the first um, item on the agenda. Chair, if I may, I must call out the name from, of Ms. Moatse, Chair. Good morning, Chairperson, and good morning, colleagues. I'm present. Good morning. Chair, Mr. Mumbayani, Chair. Chairperson, good morning. Good morning, colleagues. Yeah. I'm present. 
Good morning. Che Mr. Malamakia. Good morning, Chair. Good morning, colleagues. I'm present. Good morning. Chair, Mr. McPherson. Good morning. I'm here. Thank you. Good morning. Chair, Mr. Mulder, Chair. Good morning, Chair. Good morning, all. Good morning. Mr. Cuthbert, Chair. Morning, Chairperson. Morning. Chairperson, uh, no, Miss, 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 um, um, one member is struggling to join us. We will, we will address that. Those are members currently from the NA on the platform chair. May I hand over to Ms. Solomon, who is the secretary to the select committee, to do a roll call for the committee chair. Thank you. Uh, thank Paul. you, Chairperson. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Am I audible? Yes, you are. Proceed. Yes, um, thank you, Chairperson. Um, currently on the platform, we've got um, Mr. Hai, Mr. Moimang, Mr. Dango, Ms. Boshoff, Mr. Brautisek, and Mr. Lont, and also Ms. Mabrahana. Thank you so very much. Thank you. We welcome the select committee to our meeting today. Um, so we, have, we are quartered, uh, Mr. Hermans. Chair, we are, and we may proceed, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, we welcome the Select Committee on Trade, Industry, Economic Development, Small Business Development, uh, Tourism, Employment and Labour, who are joining us today. Um, just to deal with some committee business, in terms of sub-rules 158.2b and C, I wish to inform the committee that the House Chairperson has requested that it not receive a briefing from the DTIC on any matter relating to the recent floods in the KwaZulu-Natal province at this time. This request was to avoid any duplication given in the scope of work of the adult committee dealing with the floods. Once this committee has completed its report, committees are encouraged to then engage their respective departments, taking any recommendations emanating from this report into account. Hence, the item does not form part of today's proceedings. Furthermore, um, the meeting scheduled for the 20th and the 28th of September, respectively, had to be swapped as the ministry is accompanying the president to the United Nations General Assembly on the 20th of September, 2022. An updated program has been uh, distributed to members. Then the reason why the uh, select committee is joining us here today, um, the committee received a communication from the minister. We requested an opportunity to consult with the PC and the select committees regarding uh, the appointment of the commissioner for the B double E, triple B double E commission. Um, The committee would like to afford um, the minister an opportunity to brief and to consult the committee on the appointment process regarding the commissioner. So as we... um, we flight the agenda. Can I just please hand over to the 
uh, Select Committee Chairperson, Honorable Chai. Honorable Chai. Uh, thank you very much, uh, uh, Honorable Chair. Uh, I just uh, got a new uh, laptop here uh, from Parliament, uh, and I'm struggling to operate it. I don't even know whether you can see me. Yes, we can see you very well, but it's very high. You you above Parliament. Uh, Good morning. But you can proceed. Oh, yes. (laughs) Okay. Now, thank you very much uh, for the opportunity. And uh, good morning to you. Good morning to the uh, Minister, Honourable Members uh, from the Portfolio Committee as well as uh, the Select Committee. As you have indicated, uh, uh, Honourable Chair, uh, that uh, we receive a, a letter from uh, um, the, the Minister through the Office of the Chairperson of the NCOP uh, uh, about uh, the intention of the minister to consult uh, both the portfolio committee and the uh, NCOP committee. Um, we we are having a, a plenary session uh, uh, this morning, which starts at ten. It's a, a ministerial briefing uh, from, from the minister of finance and the minister of culture. Um, that uh, then makes it difficult for the committee to usually have, we have our committee meetings at 10 uh, because of the plenary session we are unable to have. <clears throat> so we then uh, took this opportunity to join the portfolio committee uh, as uh, the minister will be consulting. Um, so chair will only be here for the this particular item. And then after that, we will then log out uh, to join the, the plenary session. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for um, for that briefing. And uh, I'm sure we are agreed that we will excuse the select committee when we have dealt with the item that brings both of us here. Um, sure. Can I have the agenda back, back uh, up, please? Okay. Can I check with the... Committee Secretary, whether there are any apologies. Oh, Chair, I have an apology from Mr. Thring, Chair. He's not able to attend today's proceedings, Chair. That's the only apology I'm currently having, Chair. Okay, so we're hoping that other members are not on the platform will be joining us. Correct, Chair. Ms. Mutahunga has joined us, Chair, in subsequent link, Chair. Thank you very much. Can we have a move and a seconder for the adoption of the agenda as tabled? Mr. Mbuyani, Chair. Honorable Mbuyani. Thanks, Chair. Good morning, colleagues. I move for adoption of the agenda. This table. Thank you. Thank you very much. Honorable Mokmoatse. Thank you very much, Chairperson. I second the move. Thank you. So uh, our agenda is uh, duly adopted. Then, uh, as you see on the agenda, we will then invite the minister to uh, give us a briefing. Thank you. Over to you, minister. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Uh, and uh, may I may appreciate um, uh, this opportunity. I'd like to first um, 
recognize our chair, uh, Honorable Hermans, and the members of the Portfolio Committee, as well as uh, Honorable Chai and the members of the Select Committee. Uh, Chairperson, I, I have a delegation uh, from the DTIC uh, that will be uh, dealing with the next item in the agenda, and I would introduce them with your uh, uh, permission when we deal with that item. But I'd like to to also recognize that uh, Deputy Minister Majola is present uh, for this item. Uh, Chairperson, um, uh, the context to today's uh, meeting and the agenda item, I think, is relatively uh, clear to to set out the uh, provisions of the BEE Act, the Triple BEE Amendment Act, uh, requires that the minister appoints a commissioner that in appointing uh, a commissioner, uh, the minister must have regard to suitable qualifications and experience and appoint the person for a term of not more than five years. Section 31B also requires that when appointing the commissioner, the minister must consult with the relevant portfolio committee of the National Assembly and the relevant select committee of the National Council of Provinces. I had written to the both the chairperson of the NCOP and the speaker uh, of the National Assembly on the 18th of August to uh, advise that uh, I would be seeking an opportunity to uh, to consult with the two committees. I've also on the 24th of August uh, written directly to the chairpersons of the two committees, Honorable Chai and Honorable Hermans, uh, setting out the uh, context and basis of the consultation. And essentially, Chair, I had received a, uh, following the expiry of the term of office of the Commissioner of the uh, Broad-Based Black Economic Empowerment Commission, uh, I had received a, uh, a recommendation from the department that we commence with the recruitment process. The department advertised the post in April this year. Uh, the officials of the department uh, went through a process and made a recommendation to me. The recommendation that the department made is that... Uh, I consider appointing Mr. Tsidiso Matona as commissioner to the Broad-Based Black Economic Empowerment Commission. In the letter that I had sent to Honorable Hermans and Honorable Chai, I had briefly recalled the uh, experience of uh, Tsidiso Matona, and I'd also enclosed a copy of the CV of his CV. In the letter, I had drawn attention to the fact that he's had considerable experience as a public service uh, professional dealing with public policy and leadership uh, at a senior level in the state. He was, among others, Director General in the Department of Trade Industry and Competition. At the time, it was called the DTI. He was also Director General of uh, the Department of Public 
Enterprises. He served as a stint as CEO of ESCOM, and he was Secretary of the National Planning Commission in the presidency. He had also played a key role in both the formulation and implementation of a range of policies. So he's familiar with the policy environment uh, and he's interacted uh, actively with uh, the private sector, with labor and civil society. So he has the experience uh, of uh, uh, various parties that are affected by the act. He also has a master's uh, degree in development economics from the University of East Anglia and a bachelor's and honors degree in economics and political studies from the University of Cape Town. And he has various certificates from international universities and a list was uh, provided in the CV. Uh, So given his experience in economic strategy and change management, the department believed that you would be an appropriate person for me to consider uh, appointing for uh, uh, on a, a full-time basis as the commissioner of the Broad-Based Black Economic Empowerment Commission. I, in light of the provisions of the Act, where I am required to consult with the two committees, uh, I... Uh, appreciate the speed with which the committee chairpersons of both the portfolio committee and the select committee has uh, accommodated the request. And uh, I, I so um, uh, conclude uh, the background to Sediso Matona. So uh, chairperson, um, I would be um, interested in any feedback that members of the committee may wish to provide uh, in light of uh, the recommendations by the department before a final decision is made. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you very much, Minister, for that briefing. Can I then uh, invite the uh, portfolio committee members to indicate by show of hands if they wish to make an input on that briefing by the minister. Members of the both portfolio committees, uh, Honourable McPherson. Thanks very much, Chair, and good morning to you, Minister. Um, I think at the end of the day, uh, it, it matters not who you appoint to... Uh, be the commissioner for for the entity, because at its very baseline, Triple B Double E has been and continues to be a spectacular failure. It has not moved the needle on growth. It has not moved the needle on unemployment. In fact, in fact, poverty amongst Black South Africans is at a historical uh, number. Unemployment for Black South Africans is historic. Poverty for Black South Africans is historic. Uh, and BEE has done nothing to address uh, any of that. In fact, what it does is it drives um, elitism. It has driven a, a class of South Africans that use their connections to government and to the governing party 
uh, to enrich themselves at the expense of uh, the unemployed and poverty-stricken in this country. And that's no longer the view just of the DA anymore. That is the view of members of your own party now. Uh, If you look at the views of Barbara Hogan, who I know is a very respected uh, member of your party, a former minister within government, um, uh, and, and many other eminent members of your party. Uh, many commentators and analysts agree with this position that triple B double E is just no longer uh, 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 believable um, or uh, serves use in its current state or form. And that's why the DA is tabled and will be tabling our social impact bill to repeal triple B double E to ensure that the state uh, and the spend of the state uh, uh, sees a value in those that desperately need it the most, not the rich and not the elite and not those that are p- politically connected. So quite frankly, you can appoint whoever you want. It's not going to change the flawed fundamentals of triple B double E. There's nothing broad. There's nothing empowering. And there's nothing economic uh, about this piece of legislation. Uh, so um, uh, that will be our view. And we desperately hope that at some point, the bells are going to start ringing in your department and in cabinet and in government as a whole to start to understand the ills of BEE and what and how it continues to lock out those that desperately need empowerment the most. You cannot continually claim to be rich and need empowerment at the same time. Uh, It doesn't wash anymore in this country. Uh, And if BE has been as successful as many in the ANC would claim, then why are so many black people unemployed? Why are black people continually poverty-stricken? Uh, And those are questions that BE will not solve and does not want to solve because this is not the sole objective or aim of triple BEE. So when we table that bill, uh, we certainly look forward to your interaction, to your department's interaction, uh, and uh, hopefully many more members of society's interaction. In fact, the bill, uh, when it was published uh, for commentary, 83% of people who interacted with the bill, viewed it favorably. So there is desperate need and desperate desire amongst ordinary South Africans for a legislation that empowers people, that is broad and deals with the symptoms of poverty, unemployment and inequality. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable McPherson. Honorable Mulder. Thank you, Honourable Chair, Honourable Minister, um, colleagues, members. I won't be long. The Freedom Front Plus uh, stance on Triple B E is clear and well been well known for years. Um, without repeating anything that uh, Honourable McPherson has said, I would just like to iterate that the eradicating, eradicating poverty won't be achieved with triple B as it is. And the Freedom Front Plus is also for Indian with respect 
uh, with all good intentions, that was meant originally, triple BE has to be disbanded, and there is an actually no more need for a triple BE commission. Uh, time will prove us right that it would be just a continuation of fruit, fruitless expenditure. So with all respect, Honorable Chair, Honorable Minister, um, I think we should relook the whole situation. We should go back to the drawing board. Economic growth will not be um, uh, supported by Triple B as it has been a failure up till now. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Mulder, Honorable Brauterseth. Chairperson, uh, I'm not going to turn my camera on. I'm in a place with very bad signal, but I just wanted to say that I concur fully with the comments and the sentiments of Honorable McPherson. Thank you. Thank you very much, Honorable Brauterseth, Honorable Dango. Thank you very much. Uh, I I also will not turn my camera on, uh, Honourable Chairperson. Chairperson, um, I think I may be in the wrong meeting, but we've been requested to look at the credentials of a person being appointed to a commission. I wasn't sure if there was an agenda item called discussion on the BEE Act. However, having said that, uh, I would like to support uh, the minister in the appointment of this particular person. When I was in my previous life, I worked alongside him. He was very capable, very effective, and a person with credibility. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Honorable Dango. Honorable Cuthbert. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Chair, I mean, this is the first that the committee has heard of this and the gentleman and candidate whose name is being put forward. But I did a cursory search now and I pulled up the gentleman's LinkedIn profile. And on his LinkedIn profile, he's proudly stated that he's a member of the African National Congress. Now, we've seen the challenges that South Africa has faced with state capture and the cadre deployment policy implemented by your party. And what I would like to understand is considering the fact that he has publicly put this on his LinkedIn profile. Is this being disclosed to the minister? And in light of that, has this particular appointment been run through the Cater Deployment Committee of the ANC? Because that now totally contradicts the noises that have been made in the public to say that we need to root out corruption. We need to make sure that there is, you know, no party affiliations aligned to any civil servants that are to be appointed. And this seems to, you know, be a, a kick in the face towards that particular sentiment. Now, I don't doubt the gentleman's credentials. They seem to be very good in respect of the education that he holds and so forth. But this brings into question, you know, whether or not his loyalties to the department and to the state or whether it is to a political party. I think it's important that that question is answered and that a, you know, a satisfactory explanation is given by the minister. Thank you. Have you concluded, Honourable Cuthbert? I have indeed. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, Honourable Malamacha. 
thank you, Chair. <clears throat> I think it will be wrong of me if I allow to be silent on such good uh, credentials of the man that we all of us know and we have witnessed what he has done. I want to thank you, Minister, for you have considered this credible man to can assist us. And I, I want to further it be known that the triple PEE is not just something that came from nowhere. It has to deal with the apartheid legacy that denied the other race to can also imagine be equally participants of the economy of their own countries. So those who think that the triple E is irrelevant must, must start by further considering that it deals with the apartheid where people gained and the other people were denied such. And uh, all of us in this world, there's no way you are not going to belong anywhere. Even if he was a member of the DA, you are going to be questioned that is a member of the DA. To be a member of the ANC is not a sin. It's not like to be Satan in heaven. It's like to be an ordinary person that chose a party that you think is right. But I think with his credentials and job ethics, you will understand that there is there to implement the mandate of the department he has been appointed. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Malamacha. Honorable Hai. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. Oh, I'm still struggling. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. Um, Chair, I, I don't even want to enter into a debate of whether BEE is right or wrong. Because uh, that is not the issue. Uh, the arguments that are being expressed uh, should have been arguments that uh, uh, be expressed when we're dealing with the legislation or a debate on the triple BEE. We're not doing any of the two. We're not dealing with the legislation now or amending the legislation. And also, we are not in a debate on the triple BEE. All that we are considering here is a is a, co- a, a recommendation uh, uh, by the, the, not necessarily even a recommendation, uh, but the consultation that uh, the minister is putting to the two, to the two committees uh, of parliament. Uh, so that, that's what we, I will be addressing myself to. Um, so uh, I think even, I think Mr. Carpet is better than uh, the other speakers uh, from the DA and the uh, uh, F plus, because he is talking about the candidate, whether his views about uh, him or, uh, or are right or wrong, but at least he's talking about the candidate, uh, not about uh, the, the, the policy or the uh, the legislation. Uh, I, I think I commend him for that. Uh, Chair, uh, I would uh, also support uh, uh, the candidate. Uh, I also know the candidate that was in a committee uh, in the previous term uh, that was uh, responsible for oversight uh, of the entity that uh, he was leading. And, and so I am happy be uh, also because at the time uh, he was a, a, a DG um, uh, as well. Uh, I was happy with uh, his performance, uh, but also now that we even have the, the his CV, it, it even strengthened uh, my confidence in him that he will be doing the, the job uh, 
uh, very well. Uh, we could uh, eternal, maybe other members can then propose that we should have a debate on triple B E, uh, which won't be the first time. I know this uh, year, uh, Honorable uh, Deputy Minister Machola uh, was part of the debate uh, that was sponsored by the uh, by the FF Plus uh, in the NCOP. We debated the issue of triple B E. As a as a policy, whether it's right or wrong, but today we're not dealing with that. Uh, we're dealing with the appointment of the commissioner, as uh, the minister is consulting the two uh, uh, committees. Thank you so much, Honourable. Uh, Thank you very much, Chairperson of the Select Committee, and thanks for for clarifying that matter, because the agenda item is to receive a briefing from the minister in consultation on the appointment of the triple BEE commissioner. Honorable Mbiani. Chairperson, thank you very much for the opportunity. Thanks, uh, Chair. Mine, I think, is to acknowledge uh, the department for the presentation and also to uh, uh, clarify because people are grandstanding here. Uh, the policy, triple B is the policy of government, Chairperson. Uh, and uh, it seeks to change the economic patterns. Uh, and also we know that uh, these uh, white people are making it to fail because they are fronting uh, in, in terms of the, the triple B. And the triple B seeks to assist our people from the bondage of uh, apartheid and the economic patterns. Uh, we know the opposition wants the status quo to remain because they are part of the beneficiaries of the system. For us, Chairperson, we acknowledge the process made by the department and we also support the decision of the department to appoint this suitable and qualified candidate. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Mbuyani. Honorable Moatse. Can we just check, uh, uh, Committee Secretary, whether Honorable Marts is still on the platform as I hand over to Honorable Motaung? I will do so, Chairperson. Thanks, Chair, for the opportunity. Uh, I stand to support the Minister on the appointment of the Commissioner. I believe the candidate is capable to do the work because of his experience and qualifications. That says everything that we need uh, in, in, in the commissioner. Uh, lastly, Chair, I'm not going to join uh, the party of uh, Honorable McPherson. Uh, I will save my energy for another day when we discuss that party. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, Honorable Brautaseth, I see you have your hand up for a second bite. Thank you, Chairperson, for allowing me. Chairperson, I just wanted to reflect that this entire conversation is akin to rearranging the deck chairs in the Titanic. The triple B double E ship is going down regardless of who the captain is. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Brautaseth. Honorable Minister. Well, first, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson, for the um, <clears throat> for the opportunity to uh, 
uh, have the consultation and also for the views that have been expressed by honourable members. And um, <clears throat> I will give um, uh, further consideration to this. Uh, but way of an initial um, <clears throat> uh, a response to uh, the the issues raised, I would have loved to have a an opportunity to uh, to go through matters relating to broad-based Black economic empowerment and transformation more generally. But I need to resist that, Chairperson, because as has been pointed out by Honorable Hai, that's not the agenda item. So, but in respect of uh, Honorable McPherson's comments, it is a view that Honorable McPherson has put forward. It is a political view of uh, Honorable McPherson's party. Uh, and uh, while I take note of the view, I don't agree with the view, and I, I hope there will be an opportunity in future where we can have uh, as a department the the agenda item to enable us to to provide a report on many of the things that we're doing that I think will enthuse uh, South Africans and uh, I hope all members of parliament to transform and to bring more South Africans into the mainstream economy. Honorable Mulder, thank you for your comments. Uh, while I do not agree, Honorable Mulder, with your comment that there's no need for a commission, I'm sure you recognize that the law as it stands requires a commissioner. And so I have to make that uh, decision. Uh, but in any event, I believe that the commission can play an important role in helping us achieve the fundamental promise of South Africa's constitution, which is that through rule of law, through a constitutional order, we can build a society with greater levels of inclusion, equity, and participation. Uh, Honorable uh, Breuterseth, thank you for your comments. Um, I uh, uh, respectfully do not agree with either your analogy or the, the point that you've made. Uh, but I've taken note of your comment. Uh, Honorable Cuthbert uh, has raised <clears throat> matters relating to the LinkedIn profile of uh, the candidate. Honorable Cuthbert, you may be um, uh, interested to know that uh, we do not ask uh, prospective commissioners uh, the question of which political party they support. Uh, I I think you would be um, uh, uh, happy with the fact that that's not a question. And so it's certainly not a matter that has come up. What I should indicate, though, is <clears throat> this matter has come up uh, uh, before uh, in respect of candidates. Given the role that the ANC has played uh, in the life of uh, uh, black South Africans and South Africans in general, many white South Africans also in this period when the ANC was an important uh, part of the struggle for freedom, an important uh, constituent uh, body in formulating ideas around South Africa's constitution and the peaceful transition, and of course, ultimately on the adoption of the constitution. Uh, you may be interested to know, Honorable Cuthbert, that many, many Black South African professionals uh, have been uh, active in the ANC, both in the period before 1994 and subsequently. Uh, 
They comprise doctors and lawyers and engineers and scientists and accountants and economists and many, many others. We would be a poorer society if we were to exclude uh, so many talented South Africans who happen, by the way, not only to be black South Africans, also white South Africans, uh, who uh, because of the membership of the ANC, uh, it seems uh, we, we should not be considering their contribution to public life. I don't think we'd want to impoverish South Africa like that. So um, uh, the uh, political position of Sidiso uh, uh, Matona is not, in my view, relevant to uh, his professionalism uh, that is demonstrated in the jobs that is held in the public sector. His um, uh, very clear uh, professional credentials, and I appreciate that uh, you've uh, acknowledged uh, his uh, uh, his credentials. And I have no doubt that uh, uh, Mr. Matona would be uh, completely respectful uh, of South Africa's constitution and carry out his duties uh, uh, subject to the constitution and the law. Uh, uh, I should also note that during the period when he worked for the National Planning Commission on matters relating to the implementation of the National Development Plan, he showed that professionalism and, of course, uh, the DA itself also endorsed the National Development Plan, as did many other parties in Parliament. Uh, on the issues raised by Honourable uh, Dango, I concur, Honourable Dango, about the uh, agenda item that is before us. Uh, I take note, Honourable uh, Malibacha, of the comments that you've made and the support that you've given, uh, as well as the comments made by Honourable Khai, Honourable Mbuyani, and Honourable uh, Mutaung. So um, uh, I want to, to appreciate the um <clears throat> the the comments that have been made one of the issues that has come up um is uh whether in the work that the commission does uh it can deal with all the challenges that south africa faces challenges relating to poverty to unemployment and to growth and i'm happy to say that um uh, Tsediso Matona, in the period that he worked in the National Planning Commission, had to grapple with the questions of how to increase South Africa's growth rate and how to make that growth more inclusive, how to ensure that that growth indeed helped to uh, uh, create more jobs and more opportunities for small and medium enterprises. So there's no question in my uh, in my mind that a well constructed uh, well constructed and well implemented program that sought to bring many more uh, South Africans into the economy will be good for job creation, will be good for poverty uh, reduction, will be good for the fight against uh, uh, high levels of inequality, and so therefore it is important that when I apply my mind that I know that the uh, person that is the BEE commissioner uh, is uh, both uh, very familiar with the issues around growth and very familiar with the issues around transformation, 
Mr. Matuna was also director general of the DTIC at the time when the um, various pieces of legislation, including the BE Act, was um, uh, implemented. And so we're looking to find ways in which broad-based transformation and empowerment can have an even stronger impact on the economy and on job creation. And that is an area I was interested to see whether the candidate has the requisite uh, skills uh, and experience. And I conclude uh, from the comments that honorable members have made that you too feel that those would be important attributes and experience for uh, a successful candidate to have. Uh, so may I then um, thank uh, the committee uh, uh, chairperson of the two committees and hand back to the chair. Thank you very much, uh, Honourable Minister, for that briefing. And I'm sure that you will take the inputs made by uh, members uh, into account as you uh, conclude the appointment of the Triple BE Commissioner. Honourable Cuthbert, I see your hand is up. Thanks very much, Chair. There was one question that remained unanswered. Minister Patel uh, was sanctioning his party's cater deployment policy instead of answering my question. And the question that I asked him, has this appointment ever been sent to the ANC's cater deployment committee um, by any of his officials, by himself, in order to get the party's clearance before this person was in fact appointed? We know that this is a matter of public interest because there have been several revelations and the African National Congress have had to make public these documents. So I think that it is only right that the minister answers that question. Thank you, Honourable Cuthbert. Honourable Minister? Uh, Chairperson, I'm happy to answer that question. And the answer is no, I've not referred this uh, uh, appointment to any uh, party political structure. And in the light of that, I'm looking forward to uh, Honourable Cuthbert Uh, also supporting this candidature so that I can take that into account uh, in making a final decision. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you very much, Minister. That concludes our discussion on that agenda item. Uh, Thank you very much, Minister. You said that uh, you'll be handing over to Honourable Majola on the uh, next agenda item that we have. So uh, with that, we... uh, Uh, We excuse uh, the minister and then, of course, also the select committee to the other engagement. Thank you very much, minister. Um, So as we we receive... Thank you very much, uh, Chair. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chair. ...by the DTIC and its entities on the implementation of relief programs, including the 2021 unrest and the impact on the broader economy, and the DTIC's allocated budget. The DTIC and its development financing institution plays a significant role in funding investment in uh, for a new and expanding manufacturing and other and other capacity in South Africa. However, during the economic downturns and unforeseen circumstances, such as the 2021 July looting in KwaZulu Natal and Gauteng. They also divert funds to to offer relief 
uh, to maintain and or build, uh, rebuild existing capacity in an effort to minimize job losses and to mitigate the effects on economic uh, growth over time. Given the impact of these types of budgetary diversions on the broad economy and on the DTIC's planned targets, the committee has scheduled today's meeting additionally to engage with the DTIC on the above, in particular on progress made since its oversight visit and subsequent meeting in August 2021 on the relief programs offered by the DTIC and the outcomes thereof thus far. I see you still on the platform, Minister. Uh, would you like to make a comment, introductory remarks? Yeah. Well, thank you very much, uh, uh, Chairperson. Uh, and uh, given that we're now in the Portfolio Committee uh, session itself, perhaps just to uh, uh, briefly uh, introduce the team uh, to perhaps make one comment on <clears throat> the PC agenda and uh, make one introductory comment that um, Deputy Minister Majola had requested I make and then hand over to Deputy Minister Majola. So perhaps to start with um, the team that is present, and I'd like to thank the Portfolio Committee for the opportunity to uh, brief the committee, uh, for the department to brief the committee. We have a delegation that will be led by Deputy Minister Majola. It also has the Acting Director General, Shabir Khan. And in addition to that, there are two uh, Deputy Director Generals present, um, Malebo Mabichi Thompson and Stephen Hanevo, as well as uh, the Chief Director for Industrial uh, Finance, uh, Susan Mangoli, who's uh, been actively involved in a number of the programs that is described in the presentation. Uh, the COO uh, of the department, um, Nontombi Matumela. But we also joined by a delegation from the two uh, entities, the IDC and the NEF, because they played quite a key role, as uh, honorable members will find out uh, from the, the work uh, that is being put forward in uh, the committee report. Uh, the IDC is represented by the Head of Small Business Finance, uh, Manoj Sionath, by the Gauteng Regional Manager, uh, Naomi Mchali, uh, and uh, a number of other regional managers, and the manager in the office of the COO. The NEF is uh, represented, among others, by the Strategic Project Fund Manager, Andile Stimela, uh, the CFO, because uh, ultimately this is about allocation of money, uh, and the general counsel, Mzi Daimani, and the corporate communications manager. And I'd like to uh, to uh, appreciate all of their attendance uh, at the, the request of the department. Uh, Chairperson, just uh, before dealing with the, the item uh, uh, that uh, we we're coming to, uh, I'd like to come uh, to, to uh, appreciate the uh, chair uh, and the committee accommodating the request for one swap of dates. And just for the fullness of the record, it's um, uh, not that I will be attending the UN General Assembly, 
but it's the president has requested me that during the UN General Assembly meeting in New York that I convene a meeting of U.S. business people uh, who I can interact with and who the president can address in order to boost foreign investment in South Africa and to um, highlight the opportunities for growth in the South African economy. And uh, so I do appreciate the uh, the accommodation by the committee. Uh, Honorable uh, Chairperson, uh, the the presentation that we would do today follows the previous presentations that we had given to the committee. We had addressed the committee in, uh, if I recall, August last year and also earlier this year where we spoke more generally on the economic reconstruction and recovery plan. Deputy Minister Majola and Deputy Minister Gina have been uh, involved in a number of ways in the rollout of the measures that we announced. Uh, they included uh, visits to affected uh, sites and to um, and engagements with business people. And uh, in the presentation that um, uh, Deputy Minister Majola will lead today, it will provide the committee with a, uh, a succinct sense of what the department planned, what has been the outcome of that. And we're going to be using some key indicators, looking at the number of businesses that have been supported in the period. And all of this, of course, relates principally to the resources that were, were allocated and used for the unrest that occurred in KZN and parts of uh, Gauteng in July last year. In the course of doing our work, some of the resources that had originally been set aside was also used uh, for support for flood relief. But uh, as the chairperson uh, had indicated earlier, that falls outside the scope of today's meeting. So we're not going to be providing that detail in the in the discussion or in the presentation today, other than to point to the link uh, in the funding mechanism that has been put together. Uh, Chairperson, in the presentation, we'll also point to the way in which the agencies, the NEF and the IDC, were involved in rolling out these programs at local level. But a big part of what we did was to build partnerships, not to seek to do everything as national government. We worked collaboratively with um, uh, the KZN and Gauteng provinces, and some of that may be highlighted uh, in the report. And we worked with a number of intermediaries. And these intermediaries would include uh, entities as diverse as the... Uh, uh, KZN uh, uh, agency of government that deals with investment and trade matters. We worked with uh, NGOs like Gift of the Givers. We worked with um, organizations that represented different uh, 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 participants in uh, our community, like the Stockfell Association, in order to ensure that the support that was being uh, rendered was not only targeted, but that it was also uh, and critically 
delivered as quickly as possible. And so it's a model that instead of the state trying to replicate everything and do everything, that we would provide the framework, roll out quite a bit um, uh, from through the IDC and NEF, and also use partnerships with other bodies. We were particularly concerned to ensure that we marry the twin needs on the one hand of moving much faster than the state normally moves, and at the same time uh, taking uh, every step that we could to uh, avoid corruption and mismanagement of funds. And one of the measures that uh, I'm sure the Deputy Minister and the Director General will talk about is the use of um, a real-time audit where we worked with the Auditor General. uh, And uh, I think it's the the first time that a department or our department has requested specifically that a real-time audit be conducted so that as we were rolling out the program, uh, the AG would be entitled to scrutinize all the information and uh, uh, provide a report on whether there were any irregularities. And the reason we did that so that if we found any problems or irregularities, we could attend to those immediately. Our focus was really on trying to reach as many small businesses as possible. Uh, These would be uh, businesses across different sectors of the economy. And the uh, Deputy Minister and DG will provide uh, very concrete detail on that. Uh, Many of these are township businesses. And uh, there was a particular need to ensure those least able to utilize either their own resources all the resources of their insurers were given the the most significant support in the work. We also took a very hands-on approach as uh, as government in this. It wasn't really just making an announcement, and uh, there were weekly meetings, uh, sometimes two meetings a week, where we went through the program to make sure that both the IDC and the NEF was uh, aware of the pressing need that solving a problem two years after it's occurred uh, is not going to be appropriate, that we needed to find ways in which we speeded up all of our processes. And I hope in the presentation, all those different elements uh, will come out. We also decided to select a few case studies that uh, the department will uh, be able to take the committee through, and it's in the presentation that was circulated, and those highlight the range of businesses. Taking a few examples, they they are in addition to the examples that had been shared with the committee in previous presentations and that had been shared in the public domain uh, in the uh, the briefings, the public briefings that the department uh, gave earlier, uh, earlier this year. So, Chairperson, with those uh, brief introductory remarks, thank you very much for the opportunity uh, for the department to uh, to give the presentation. And if, with your permission, I can uh, ask through the chairperson that the deputy minister then leads the rest of the presentation, and the deputy minister will identify uh, where uh, he may need the officials to come in. Thank you very much, Chair.
Thank you very much, Honorable Minister, for those introductory remarks. Honorable Deputy Minister Majola. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Committee Chairperson. And uh, thanks, uh, thanks to the Minister for the introductory uh, comments. Uh, let me uh, greet uh, all members of the Portfolio Committee present today and uh, the team from uh, the DTRC family, the acting director general and the um, and the, the two DPGs and the rest of the team from the DTRC and the, the team from NEF and the IDC. Chairperson, I'm going to ask that the presentation be flighted. At the later stage, I'll ask, uh, I'll hand over to the acting director general uh, to continue the presentation and for permission. I'll do concluding remarks uh, at the end, at the point at which you, you allow. Um, Chair, the, 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 the outline of the presentation is as follows. We would firstly recap uh, on the unrest response and then do the economic recovery performance overview which will be followed by the economic recovery impact at conclusion. And as we have indicated, uh, give a few uh, case studies uh, of the work uh, that uh, we have done. Uh, next slide, please. Um, just to provide a context and some background, Chairperson, uh, uh, in March uh, of uh, 2020, we know that COVID-19 struck with very devastating health and economic impact. Uh, the DTIC put in place measures to support the health system at the time, livelihoods and local production. In July 2021, as the economy had begun to rebuild momentum, the July 2021 unrest in the Kwazulu Natal and Kauteng interrupted the growth surge of the economy. While the fiscal damage was restricted to firms in these provinces, the negative impact has been felt throughout the economy. Support packages were announced to support individuals and businesses that were adversely affected by the decent destruction uh, and looting. In February, uh, 2022, the conflict in Ukraine led to a sharp rise in prices of fuel and food products with supply chains facing severe disruptions. In April of uh, 2022, the largest floods in generations struck the eastern seaboard of South Africa, washing away infrastructure and causing loss of life and damage to property. As you alluded to here, this is not a matter that uh, we will cover today, uh, as directed uh, by the, uh, the, the House Chair, that it would be dealt with uh, by the other committee that has been set up. On the, the DTIC's response to the unrest, an economic support package of 
Bidon was developed by the DTIC and its entities to assist companies affected by the July 2021 unrest. The supposed package consisted of 700 billion uh, that was reprioritized uh, from the DTIC funds. 1.3 billion uh, was allocated by National Treasury. Uh, 1.5 billion uh, reprioritized from the IDC and 250 million uh, came from the allocation from the NEF. The package consisted of different types of support, uh, generally as a blended, blended product of grants and loans at concessionary, concessionary terms and bridging finance in order to cover cash flow challenges until the South African Special Insurance Risk Association was able to make payouts. The DTIC agencies coordinated uh, their approach and worked in partnerships with the Unemployment Insurance Fund, SASRIA, and Small Enterprise Finance Agency to increase the impact and address double dipping from applicants. The NEF received an additional $273 million from the Solidarity Fund uh, to offer grants that could be blended with concessionary loans. On the economic recovery uh, performance overview, Chairperson, uh, next slide. We're moving too fast. <laughs> Thank you. Um, on the economic recovery fund performance overview, Chairperson, 2,400 that we see there is the number of enterprises that were supported by the DTSC group. Uh, the DTSC group reached out to communities uh, through public publicizing the package widely, physical meet, uh, visits uh, by the DTIC team and meetings uh, convened by the minister and uh, together with the DTIC officials and the uh, officials from the NEF and the IDC, virtual meetings with businesses, working with intermediary organizations, partnerships in, in particular of the KZN and Houghton, uh, provincial governments and their and their municipalities. And next page, 2,641 2, is the number of physical uh, 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 visits, physical size that were covered by the support. And we make the distinction, Chair, between the, the number of, uh, of sites and the number of firms, because some of these firms would have multiple sites. So that's why the number of uh, the sites would be higher than the number of firms that were supported. Uh, so in a number of cases, individual firms suffered damage to more than one physical site and the support program took this into account. Uh, next slide. We continue the economic recovery fund performance overview, three billion rent is the value of approvals of applications made for the July 2021 date. The approval processes for applications were significantly changed to enable faster decision-making and to take account of challenges that firms with, with, uh, 
that firms faced where their record systems were destroyed in the unrest. This needed to be done whilst working within the framework of the Public Finance Act. Just as an emphasis, the minister covered this chairperson. Uh, uh, as for members of the committee to, to take note that uh, we think this has been a very important learning process for us. Uh, the, 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 the changing of uh, the, the processes that are followed by the NEF and the ID and IDC has, uh, has given us very good lessons in ensuring that we can ensure that government uh, as processes are faster, uh, the, the disbursements and the approvals were done uh, in in ways that were extraordinary. So these are not processes that both the entities would have followed. So given the scale and the agency at the time, the minister had insisted that we should uh, ensure that uh, we can bring some changes to the processes that are followed to ensure that we can add to speed. In addition to the three billion. Uh, rent approvals in some cases, prelim- preliminary approvals were not needed when firms were able to secure the insurance monies in time before bills for construction and repair works were done. On the next page, uh, 2.4 billion rent is the value of disbursements made by the DTIC group to date. The impact of the support package is felt once disbursements are made. And this is why we make the point, uh, Chairperson, that uh, approvals are important, but it is disbursements that really matter. The focus is therefore on securing the soonest transfer of money to approved applicants in a number of cases where construction work were undertaken or machinery ordered to replace damaged equipment. Payments are made in stages based on completion of work. The disbursements will therefore continue to rise in the coming period throughout this financial year as firms meet their targets. 45,000 is the number of jobs at firms and entities who received funding by the DTIC group. The support package was focused on firms affected by the unrest and affected firms were required to provide information on the number of jobs that were retained. These range from formal uh, sector jobs in both medium and small businesses, as well as jobs in the informal sector. With regard to economic recovery fund performance, Chairperson, uh, of your permission, I would like uh, to hand over to the acting DG to continue the presentation uh, from this slide. Uh, with your permission, Chair, uh, can I please hand over to the acting director general. Thank you very much, Deputy Minister. Um, Acting Director General. Uh, Thank you, um, uh, Deputy Minister. Greetings to you, Madam Chair, uh, to the the Honorable Members of the Portfolio Committee, Staff of Parliament, and to the colleagues of the DTIC, IDC, and the NEF. Chair, our We'll unpack some of the numbers which the Deputy Minister has, has, has already reported on. And the next few slides will then unpack some of, of these details. Um, on this slide, um, here we unpack the applications that were received um, throughout this process, the a breakdown of the approvals, 
between the IDC, the NEF, as well as the DTIC, but also provides you an in-detail um, breakdown of the sites between the three entities as well. As the Deputy Minister has indicated, 3 billion rand has been approved to date, and the number of jobs that were impacted was in the region of 45,207. Also to indicate that reconciliations with insurance companies, um, SESTRIA have been completed as companies have already started receiving payments. The IDC approvals were made to direct beneficiaries, which were 85 in total, and this was dispensed to 246 sites. Approvals were also made to 14 intermediaries, who in turn dispensed funding to 2,104 beneficiaries. The pipeline for the Economic Recovery Fund has been uh, fully processed with no uh, further applications pending. The remaining applications are in various stages of processing for decision-making. The next slide. The next slide provides a breakdown of IDC approvals between uh, direct support and through the partnership with the intermediaries. Um, in total, IDC had made 99 approvals to the value of 1.7 billion, and this includes 282 million rand to um, the uh, 14 intermediaries. Um, the, the graphics provides a breakdown in terms of the uh, approvals between, between direct support and intermediaries, as well as the, the, the number of jobs and sites that were, um, that were, um, that were, impact, that were um, impacted by the support. What's critical to note is that you could see that through the partnership with the intermediaries, we were able to reach much a large number of sites, which we, as the DTIC family, would not have been able to reach. And you can see that um, the number of sites that were reached through the intermediaries were much more larger and much more significant as compared to the um, support or as compared to the direct uh, support. The graph on the right-hand side of the presentation provides uh, an indication of a sector breakdown. Here we can see that the majority of the firms that were supported by the IDC were in the manufacturing sector, followed by retail. The next slide. Here, um, it's the IDC direct approvals. Here we can see that IDC has funded 246 sites directly. And many of the approvals that IDC has made are for enterprises in multiple locations and districts. And the majority of the affected sites are in King Sichuayo, Itaquini, and the Johannesburg district. The next slide. The next slide provides a breakdown of the um, disbursements to end beneficiaries through intermediaries. Here we can see that the majority of the affected sites are in Tequini and the Johannesburg and district. The next slide. This, this slide provides a, an overview of the uh, disbursement to various, uh, through the various intermediaries. In total, 
um, the IDC is provided support by, uh, um, by its 14 intermediaries. This reached 2,104 uh, firms that benefited, um, as well as to the value of 270 million rand. We can see that it reached the support reached a number of jobs um, in, in through the intermediaries to the to the value of approximately 19,362. The intermediaries included the National Stockfell Association of South Africa, the Gift of the Givers, Trade and Investment KZN, the private sector agencies for onward, a number of private sector agencies for onward distribution, as well as a number of NGOs. The next slide provides a, the details around the NEF approvals. Here we can see that the NEF received funding through various sources, um, some various sources. Um, the majority of it has come through the DTIC, through the Economic Recovery Fund, as well as NEF using its own balance sheet to provide funding. What's also important to note that the NEF has also partnered with the Solidarity Fund. And here we were able to provide, um, to partner with the Solidarity Fund and provide funding to the value of approximately 270 million rand to various firms that were impacted by the unrest. In terms of the sector breakdown, the, the majority of the firms that were supported were in the retail sector, followed by retail estate, and, and, and then the service activities, which is in the food and beverages uh, subsectors. The next slide. The next slide provides the work that the department um, provide, um, um, supported directly through the critical infrastructure, or the critical infrastructure rebuilding program. Here, there were 12 um, sites that were approved. Um, these include um, an industrial park in, in KZN, as well as a number of shopping centers that needed critical infrastructure support uh, to them, to, to, assist these companies to come um, into production as soon as possible. Moving on to the next slide. The next few slides provides a further breakdown um, of the subsectors in which um, some of these companies or firms that were supported uh, in which they have come from. Here we can see that there was a total of 49 companies that were in the clothing, textile, leather and footwear subsector. Also, we can see that a number of companies were supported in the food subsector, which consisted of packaging of grain products, manufacturing of ice cream. And yet in total, there were 111 of those firms that were supported. Another big area of support was in retail trade, um, in which a total of 142 firms were supported between the IDC and the NEF. The next slide. Um, another area in which significant support was provided was in the food and beverages services activities. And as we go through the case studies, you will see that a number of restaurants as well as service stations were, were supported. Also, a number of personal services activities um, companies were supported, such um, as a funeral um, funeral homes, as well as dry cleaning community centers that were also supported um, between the IDC and the NEF. The next slide. 
The next slide um, here um, to also indicate that here we've seen support to a number of pharmacies that were also uh, impacted by the floods and both IDC and NEF uh, provided support in, in this area. Moving on to the next slide, this provides a further breakdown into the intermediaries which the IDC has partnered in, in terms of the support mechanism. Here we can see that the subsector in which a majority of the support has went to is in crop and animal production. Um, here we've seen a number of sugarcane um, uh, farmers that were supported. Furthermore, we've seen that a number of supermarkets, clothing retailers, pharmacies, hardware stores, and butcheries that were supported. Um, um, and this was quite a significant number. Um, we've seen here 1,859 companies that were, were supported. The next slide, um, here we see that a number of community social welfare and restaurants were supported by the IDC through the, uh, the partnership with the intermediaries. The next slide. Okay, uh, next slide. The next slide. Uh, just in, in terms of the economic recovery risk mitigation, um, one slide back, Sulus, apologies. Um, here we've seen that, as Minister has also indicated, that there were ministerial weekly meetings which were held to monitor the implementation to address the risk of slow rollout and unnecessary bureaucracy. Um, the heads of the IDC, the NEF, and the DTIC were requested by the Ministry to supervise the work of the entities directly to ensure that communities received assistance. The DTIC also requested the Auditor General of South Africa to conduct a real-time audit on the economic support package. This is different to a normal audit as it provides feedback whilst programs are being implemented so that any findings can be immediately addressed without waiting for the end of the financial year. This was to ensure that funds are used for the intended purpose as per the Special Appropriations Act. There were no negative findings as per the as per the preliminary report of the Auditor General. We've also set up fraud happy hotlines uh, within the DTIC, the IDC, and the NEF for the reporting of any fraudulent activities. And these hotlines were communicated publicly. To date, to date zero cases were reported. In terms of the impact, um, the next slide. In terms of the impact, um, the DTIC um, conducted an assessment to determine the impact of the economic support package to beneficiaries. At the time of conducting this assessment, 1.96 billion rand has been, had been dispersed to various beneficiaries with the following results. Increased GDP at, the market, at market prices by 1.5 billion rand nationally. We've also seen an increase in overall manufacturing output by 797 million rand and 654 million rand additional household consumption. The next slide. The detail, the assessment and macroeconomic analysis preliminary results uh, were based on the disbursements at the time of the impact assessment. And these were used to estimate the impact of the full package of 3 billion rand. The preliminary results may be adjusted based on further information, um, uh, further information that will be received. 
And the table provides a, um, an analysis of the results at the time in which 1.96 billion rand was dispersed, an increase in GDP of 1.5 billion, um, 0.04% increase in GDP, an increase in manufacturing output of 797 billion rand, increase in tax collection of 223 million rand, as well as household consumption of 654 million rand. The next slide. Within eight months of the rollout of the support package, the floods on the eastern seaboard required additional support to be provided. The IDC made available support of approximately 500 million rand from the support package, bringing the total resources deployed to, to 3.5 billion rand to date. As Minister has indicated, this report does not cover the measures by the DTIC to address the COVID-19 pandemic. This was done previously in a report to the Portfolio Committee, nor the support provided for the April 2022 floods. Um, funding was obtained through various sources. I think this we have covered in, in a previous slide. The next slide. The next slide, slide provides a conclusion in terms of where we are. The unexpected trio of crises, which is the COVID-19, the July 2020 unrest, the UK conflict, and April 2022 floods, extracted a big cost from the economy, disrupted the normal work of the DTIC group, but also strengthened our ability to build resilient, sustainable value chains that create the potential for inclusive growth, a key objective in order to, to create a better life for all. A particular focus of the work undertaken was on support for small and medium-sized businesses and black industrialists. And this will be, will, will, will show in the next few slides. To strengthen growth, the focus in the period ahead will be on structural reform of network industries, expanding and modernizing infrastructure, strengthening private sector investment, and supporting localization and exports, especially to the rest of the African continent. The next slide. Chair, here we do have a number of case studies, which I will go through um, quite quickly. There are 20 in total, but the reason for um, highlighting this is to demonstrate the impact of the work much more succinctly in terms of how the support was provided. The first one is a, a, a company which was a family-owned business, Heartland, um, that manufactures and supplies breakfast cereals to big retail stores like ShopRite, Boxer, and Spa. Here, uh, support was provided in the region of 50 million rand, 336 jobs were saved, and the factory was able to restore to 50% operational capacity within four weeks. Here we've seen the, the managing director of Heartland's Foods, Salim Kassan, who indicated his appreciation for IDC, to IDC for responding with speed and passion in putting a deal in place so that they could then revive their business quite urgently. The next case study is one in which IDC provided 154 million rand in grant support to support a number of township, small town and rural informal traders and small businesses. Here, the IDC worked with a number of strategic implementing partners to fund close to 1,852 business en uh, entities, saving 7,101 jobs. 
Here we can see that the new Horizons informal trader project identified 180 beneficiaries to, to receive new trading structures in the wake of the July unrest. And the initiative reflects the building back better ethos. The next slide. Here we highlight the support provided um, by the IDC to a number of sugarcane growers that were impacted by the damage suffered during the, the civil unrest. And here we, we can see that it, um, the support saved over 6,500 jobs. We've seen the support going uh, to a number of small, uh, small sugarcane farmers. Um, the first one that I'd like to highlight is 87-year-old Mrs. Patricia Mbele, affectionately known as Gogo by her employees, was watching the news when she heard of the unrest. She was not aware that her cane in Amshlangeni Amdoni had been set alight during the unrest. She has run her farm since the 70s, and she received support from the IDC to buy fertilizers and pesticides and get her employees back out on the field. We've also seen Mr. Ngubo, who indicated that on the day of the unrest, they burnt my sugarcane fields, and he was really heartbroken because he's lost everything. And he was also one of the beneficiaries from the IDC. The next slide. Um, here is a support provided to a, a pharmacist in the East Rand community. And here we've seen um, the, the, um, a testimonial from the owner, Ms. Bulelwa Maponia, who indicated that the consultant treated me like a sister from another mother. The IDC's willingness to listen and act swiftly meant that I could still maintain my integrity as a healthcare practitioner and be open for business to be of service to my loyal community. The next case study um, is one which is a uh, which is a um, it's called Wired Hardware PTY Limited, which is a hundred percent black owned and managed enterprise that was established in 2010. The business is owned by Mr. Mjadu, who has 11 years hand-on experience and is full-time involved in the business. Wired Hardware's PTY Limited is a build-it franchisee who owns two build-it uh, hardwares in Inanda and Komasho. Um, here we've seen damage. Uh, um, the, the damages were for both the buildings in both Inanda and Komasho, which were completely looted um, by the Andres. And the pictures on the right-hand side shows the extent of the damage um, that occurred within these two premises. And here we can see from the further pictures that the uh, support provided by the state through the NEF really had an impact uh, full um, in terms of bringing both those Slide. The next slide um, is a 100% owned business called Madevu Properties, which is um, wholly owned by Mrs. Uh, Zama Slobo Sabela. And this is a um, business that is an emerging Black-owned commercial property company that is owned that owned a retail development named Madevu Center, anchored by Boxes, superstores, and, and shell. 
Um, here, once again, we can see the extent of the damage in the pictures above um, and followed by the intervention of the NEF, we can see that both um, that these, store, that these stores were, were rebuilt quite, quite quickly. Here, the NEF provided support in the region of 8 million rand to resuscitate the business, and this assisted in retaining 160 jobs. The next slide. The next slide is a 100% black youth-owned company um, that was supported called Balemes Life PTY Limited. Um, this business is a lifestyle business that offers a Shishinyama grill house, an auto spa, a coffee bean cafe, and a VIP lounge that established after Ms. Mr. Intuli converted um, uncapped property uh, utilized as a local community dump site. Here also we can see that um, there was damage to a property as a result of the unrest. And here the NEF approved 750,000 rand for the development of new modern structure, which will enhance and improve the business processes. And through the funding, the business will, will retain 35 direct jobs. The next one is a 100% black owned and managed business, which has been in operation for 46 years, called Wine Food, uh, Wine Food PQI Limited. And here, Wine Foods deals primarily in processing chicken, producing individually quick frozen portions for a wide range, including restaurants, butcheries, distributors, and direct retailers. Um, their main clients include Cambridge Foods, Roman's Pizzas, Papacinos, Fasco distributors, distributors, and Meat Express. Um, this company was also a victim of vandalism that was caused by the, um, by the unrest. Uh, in the Alexandra Township in Gauteng. Here, the NEF provided support uh, to the value of 18 million rand, um, which provided support uh, for modern equipment and fittings which were provided to the business. Here, the support enabled the business to re-employ 60 people and five additional jobs were created. The next, the next one is a, um, a youth-owned business called Nguni Group. Um, which is, in, which is a collective, the Nguni group is a collective res, reference to Nguni foods and authentic Nguni cuisine restaurants, as well as the Nguni brand, a clothing line that embraces the colorful Nguni patterns and colors. This group, the group was formed in 2020 by two black women who are also youth. Both these entities are based in KwaZulu-Natal at the Davenport Square in Glenwood, Durban. Um, these companies were negatively impacted by the July 2021 unrest, and NEF approved 8.1 million rand to assist both com uh, companies to recover shop fittings, computers, and other IT systems, furniture, sewing mach machines, refrigerators, um, and 26 employees were re-employed um, uh, uh, through this intervention. The next slide. The next, the next one is a uh, black-owned paint distribution entity called SA Paint Distribution uh, Distributors, which was established in 2018 by Mr. Sibusiso Tabete. And yet this company retails from Deep Cloth and Rudaport and services hardware stores, contractors, and specialty paint stores in townships and rural areas. Both stores were 
affected by the riots that took place. The NEF-linked uh, SA Paint distributors were Stevenson Paints, an existing NEF client, for SA Paint distributors to source their paint stock from Stevenson's. Um, Stevenson is an existing NEF client that was funded through the NEF and received funding of 10 million in 2020. Um, here, through this intervention, um, Stevenson's Paint has since became the preferred supplier for SA Paint distributors. Um, um, for the paint stock uh, that's produced by this company. The next slide. This one is uh, a company called Wildfire Trading, which is 100% owned by Ms. Um, Malazzi in the petroleum industry. Here we can see from the pictures, um, this engine site was completely vandalized and they received um, support from the NEF uh, in order to re renovate the site after it was vandalized. The next slide. The next one is a pharmacist called Sparkport, um, which is um, it, which is a, a pharmacy that's 100% black owned. The business is owned by Mr. Kulam Mohammed and Mr. Soli Suleiman, who are full-time involved in the business. The Spark Port Group is one of the first Black-owned independent community pharmacy groups that has been in, in existence for 38 years, uh, with Spark Port Smith Street established in 1995. Here, they received support from the NEF in the region of 5 million rand to replace a number of furniture fittings and equipment, as well as working capital to restart operations. The next slide is a bull mart um, in Komashu, uh, which is a hardware store based in Komashu and one was one of the businesses that were impacted by the unrest. Uh, the NEF approved uh, 10 million rand in funding to assist the business with working capital requirements, as well as capex for fixtures and, and fittings. Um, the NEF has also facilitated the engagement between Bullmark, Komashu and Stevenson's Pain, which was a previous client of the NEF and um, through the intervention of the NEF, Stevenson's paint has since become the preferred supplier for Buildmart as well. The next slide. The next slide is a burial services, which is 100% black owned um, um, burial company that was formed in 2011. Um, here we've seen that the, um, that uh, they received support uh, from the NEF in the region of 19.1 million rand, and yet um, NEF assisted to replace equipment, shop fittings, replace stock, as well as working capital. Uh, the next slide. The next one is a um, a, a company that's 100% black-owned clothing retailer that was established in 1973 by Mr. Are uh, Pashotem, and in 2019, which was taken over by his son. Um, here we've seen um, both the stores were, in, uh, were affected by the unrest that took place, and the NEF um, has contributed to localization within the, um, the store brand, which contributed 55% of their sales. 100% of the reconstruction budget was allocated towards local uh, contractors. Uh, funding was provided in the region of 10 million rand. Uh, 
for the re-establishment, um, for funding for the re-establishment of the stores, which include stock, working capital, equipment, and furniture and fittings. The next slide is in another site, um, a, a, a fuel site that was also uh, looted during the unrest. Um, this is a site that's owned by Ms. Patience Radebe. Uh, and here we've seen um, that the, um, we can see from the pictures that the site was also completely damaged. And through the support of the NEF, um, they were able to re-establish um, the service station and the support in the region of formal union was provided for wet and dry stock, including working capital, equipment, furniture, and, and fittings. And this is a, a site that was in Soweto um, in Gauteng. The next one is a, another fuel site in, in Kormasho, a BP, which is a Black-owned franchisee of BP Southern Africa, uh, operating in the Komashu Township. Um, the entity was established in 20, 2007 by Mr. Sibonello Mabata. The business included a retail shop or outlet, which was also affected by the unrest. The NEF approved 3 million rand for purposes of restoring lost equipment, damaged buildings, capital requirements, and capex for um, uh, fixtures and, and fittings. The business's operations have been fully restored with a new and revamped pick and pay branded shop outlet, um, as we can see from, from the pictures uh, on the right hand side. The next one is one which is in the education um, sector called Kingdom Varsity College, which is a black owned um, um, FET college formed in 2017 by Ms. Tembisile Sizakele Mkube. Um, this is an FET college that operates on lease premises located in, at the Nongoma Shopping Center in KZN. And we can see that uh, this college provides um, or offers courses um, in chemical engineering, civil engineering, financial management, financial management, farming management, human resources management. And through the support of the NEF, um, they were able to refurbish, vandalize the vandalized premises and replace furniture and, and fittings. The next one is one called KPML Group. Um, uh, and this is a group of entities that own and operate 30 KFC outlets that's owned by Ms. Kedibone Labete. And Ms. Labete has been with the KFC brand for over 35 years in which she started off as a friar and in which she's operated as a franchisee for the last 12 years. 14 KFCs were damaged um, in, in a number of areas, including Cebu King, Everton, Wild, Deep Cliff, Proto Glen, um, Lamini in Soweto. And here we've seen that they were provided support from the NEF to rebuild and restore operations of the nine uh, KFCs. Um, this is a, is, a, is a company that employs, or they manage to re-employ 550 employees. Chair, as I conclude, which is, this is the last case study, which is called the Chicory PTY Limited, which is a Black-owned distributor and wholesaler of fresh and frozen poultry and other, and other frozen foods operating from um, Dean in Durban. 
as we can see from the pictures, this business was totally vandalized. Um, and the NEF approved 24.5 million rand to assist the business with refrigeration, vehicles, construction, stock, plant and equipment to recommence operations after uh, the unrest. Uh, through the support of the NEF, um, this uh, firm managed to retain 35 employees. Chair, this is the last slide, and I will then conclude my presentation at this point and hand over back to the Deputy Minister for his closing remarks. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Acting DG. Uh, Deputy Minister. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you very much, Chairperson, and thanks to Acting DG. Chairperson, uh, that uh, constitutes the, uh, the entirety of our presentation. Just uh, to make a few concluding uh, points. The first one, Chair, is, 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 is to reiterate the point that we made uh, at, uh, at the start of the unrest and during our first presentation, that uh, the impact of the, uh, of the, uh, the unrest uh, was very wide and it was very deep and it caused uh, quite a, a severe damage to to our economy. So its impact, whilst uh, the the events happened in KZN and Gauteng, but it caused uh, quite serious shocks throughout the, the the economy. So the the and as a result, the our our interventions, our response were never going to be adequate to be able to respond to the to the um, um, the impact, uh, the totality of the impact of the damage and the uh, and the, uh, that was caused to to our to our economy. So, um, chair, so to, for us to be able to get a full sense of uh, what um, the uh, the impact of our response and our interventions have been. Uh, it is important to look at uh, a government-wide response uh, to the to the devastation that was caused by the unrest. But uh, uh, obviously, at, at this point in time, we're just reporting on uh, the interventions that are confined to our to our to our to our portfolio. So, but I think that uh, to have a good sense of what uh, what what impact has government uh, intervention made. It would be good to look at the, the, the entirety of the uh, government-wide uh, uh, intervention. The, the last point, Chair, that I would like to make is uh, we're quite proud, proud of the uh, introduction of the real-time audit by the uh, Auditor General. You would know, Chair, that uh, <clears throat> since the beginning of, of COVID, so every time uh, allocations, especially of very large amounts, are, are made, there's a, quite a, 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 a serious concern in public as to whether the allocated funds will end, uh, will reach the, the, the intended beneficiaries and that they will do what uh, was intended uh, to be done with the funds. So we, we're quite happy that uh, uh, with regard to the funds that were allocated by the, the, the TIC, uh, the, the, the initial uh, audit has shown that uh, uh, um, those funds have uh, reached the intended beneficiaries. And we want to assure the committee that if it so happens in future, 
that we discover that uh, something untoward would have happened uh, with the allocated funds. We want to assure the committee that they will take the necessary action to ensure that the remedial action is taken. So with that, uh, Chairperson, uh, so thank you for for the time. And once again, thanks to to members of the committee. We'll be able to take questions uh, and I'm going to defer to the acting director general. We have quite a a large team from the DTIC uh, family. So the the, 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 at the point when we take questions, the 18 DG would uh, uh, determine who, who amongst the officials would want to respond to the questions. That's all. Thanks very much, uh, Committee Chair. Thank you very much to you and your delegation. I will now take hands. I see the hand of Honorable McPherson. Portfolio Thanks, Committee yes. members. Um, can I just take the hands first, Honorable McPherson? Okay, it seems as if yours is the only one so far. You may proceed. Thanks, Chair. Um, being from KZN and uh, Ezegweni uh, specifically, I'm well aware that the damage um, took place in many businesses, regardless of uh, racial ownership. And so I'm interested as to why uh, government sought to make funding available through entities that prioritize one race over another, as opposed to making uh, um, funding or assistance available on the basis of need uh, as, you know, the looters and those that damaged businesses um, didn't specifically go around targeting one business or another based on demographic ownership. So I'm just curious where that policy directive came from or where it comes from or where it sits in government that public funds are used uh, on the basis of... um, assisting a demographic over another, especially considering the court uh, pronouncing on exactly the same thing that the Department of Tourism did um, in allocating funds or assistance during COVID on the basis of demographics. So I'm just curious as to where the policy position lies Uh, and why funding by government or through the DTI would be made available on such a basis through an entity like the NEF, which obviously has a misguided uh, mandate to assist one demographic over another. Thanks. Thank you very much, Honourable McPherson. Any other hands from or inputs from committee members? It seems not. Um, Honourable Minister, uh, you can direct this, uh, res- the response to one of your team. Deputy Minister. Thanks, thanks uh, uh, Chairperson. Uh, I would like to start with the, with the, the, the 18 DG, but uh, I, I would want to respond to the policy question that uh, Honourable McPherson is raising. 
but uh, uh, DG, I would like you to, to comment first, and uh, I'll, I'll respond to the question by Honorable Mr. Professor. With your permission, Chair. Acting DG. Thank you, uh, Deputy Minister. Uh, thank you, uh, Honourable McPherson, for the for the question. The DGIC and its entities provided um, was based on a survey that was conducted. Um, a survey that was conducted through a number of of, of channels in which the DTIC as well as the various other agencies of the state like Cessria, were looking to understand the extent of the damage uh, throughout. These included various firms um, across um, both KZN and Houting. And this was, this was done on the basis of trying to understand the extent of, of the damage. all companies uh, in terms of its ownership, demographics, and the support that was provided uh, through this particular economic recovery was really supporting all companies that were uh, damaged. So obviously the NEF has a very specific mandate and their mandate is to provide support to um, black owned businesses, but the support from the IDC as well as the NEF when, when much broader than just Black-owned businesses. The support also looked at, uh, at various businesses in various shopping malls that were destroyed. Um, and, and this really was the, and this really what the support entailed. Um, the, the support did not discriminate against anyone at, um, when, when, when we roll out the 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 support uh, the support uh, package, Deputy Minister, if I can maybe hand over to you very quickly on the policy part of the question, if if with your permission, thank you. DM, thank you, thank you for permission, Honourable Chair. Chairperson, uh, the uh, the the. I think DG has responded to part of the question. I just want to say to Honorable McPherson, Honorable McPherson would know, as well as I do, that uh, if the, a tragedy occurred anywhere in the in any part of the country, and the uh, um, uh, government government was respond was to respond to that uh, tragedy, and uh, and uh, the tragedy affected all of our people, uh, irrespective of race. And government to, 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 uh, took the position that uh, the response the, the, to the tragedy um, uh, or the, the support of those affected was going to be based on racial lines. Uh, that uh, that uh, government action would be challenged. Uh, it would not. Uh, uh, it would be unconstitutional. Uh, it would not be legal. So the government can adopt such a policy position. So in respect of our, our response to the unrest, at no stage was a policy directive given that only black businesses should be supported. As the ATMDG uh, indicated to you, or I'm going to make, I think maybe that 
during the course, uh, during the survey that uh, it so happened that uh, the businesses that were more in need maybe uh, may have been black owned businesses. So it was the majority of our response uh, was to respond to all of those who we could help uh, who responded to the survey. So the only distinction is the mandate of the NEF, which would not have been applied in response to the to the unrest. But the the, um, the mandate of the NEF is clear, and the, as uh, Honorable McPherson had said at the very beginning, when we were discussing another item. So if uh, you have a different uh, uh, policy view on the matter, so that can be discussed uh, separately with regard to the uh, mandate of the NEF. So the mandate is, at this point in time, it is very clear and uh, uh, it, was, it was intended that it should be like that. So if there are different views with regard to that, that's a separate matter that we can discuss. But I want to assure you that there was no policy directive to target a certain racial group in our response to the advertisement. We wouldn't have had a legal standing to make such a directive. So no such directive was made. Thanks, thanks, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Deputy Minister. I see a hand from Honorable Mbuyani, and then I see the acting DG, you want to have a second back? Chair, Ms. Mutahung as well. Sorry? I was just saying, Honorable Mutahung, Chair. Okay. Honorable Mutahung and then Honorable Mbuyani. Thanks, Chair, for the opportunity. Um, Let me welcome the presentation. Firstly, I would like to welcome the support given to sugarcane farmers. And then secondly, is Ekin DG, I just want to check what was the turnaround time for applications and how was it different from the normal turnaround time for the incentives given that was a, a, a that was a better of agency for companies to recover. Lastly, of what approved funding and how much how much was not dispersed if any. Uh, no, Chad, the last one I, I want to say, if there are funds that have not been dispersed, why and have they not been dispersed? Thanks, Chaperson. Thank you very much. I see the hand from our visiting um, MP, Honorable Faiz Jacobs. Thank you, Chair, and greetings, and uh, thank you again, Chair, as uh, allowing me as observer from the Portfolio Committee of Small Business. We were part of that team that went out uh, to do the oversight after the unrest, and uh, I want to record our appreciation for the team, for the Deputy Minister and their team 
for a good presentation. It just shows our government is responsive. I think the point is well made that the need and the demand outstrip what we can do uh, and support, but I think uh, a good effort is made. I also wanted to ask questions relating to to the to the lessons uh, acting DG. I mean, given emergencies and, and crises we rally around as South Africans, what are the lessons for you in the department to be more responsive? Uh, can we then take these lessons and systems to our normal day of of, of practice or normal ways of operating? Um, um, is there was there a lot of a goodwill both from the private uh, sector with government uh, around the economic recovery uh, in this area? And I also appreciate the fact that you gave a broad sense of the type of people and the scope of assistance that was provided. I think we want to applaud the, the work. Chair, just in terms of a comment, um, I think we must be very careful to uh, ignite racial uh, uh, divisions and them and us. And so we all suffered uh, around these unrest. I think it's a, it's a well-known fact. And we, as especially public rep here, must ensure that we bring harmony, must ensure that we try to build a non-racial and also ensure that South Africans can come together and bring together. So we mustn't inflame uh, situations, but I think we also must address the legacies of, of the part uh, of the apartheid past. And I think uh, um, we need to remain committed to address the legacies of economic inclusion for all South Africans, which, which is the majority of which is the black uh, South Africans. So therefore we must also remain committed to the, the principles of broad-based black economic empowerment uh, in the work that we do. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Through you, DM, can I hand to to your acting DG for responses? Yes, yes, thanks, thanks very much, Chair. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. Chair, um, in response to the questions um, around some of the internal uh, systems, processes, um, the department work quite, quite closely with the different uh, DFIs but also with Sassria, who was largely responsible for the damage uh, to a number of businesses that were insured uh, through Sassria. And these disbursements depended on the um, on Sassria and other insurance, um, them providing a, 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 or concluding the assessment of the damage, but also the support that the DTIC provided was around providing bridging support until the insurance companies have then concluded uh, their uh, process. With regards to some of the turnaround times, um, as indicated in the presentation, um, the minister um, um, the minister held weekly meetings with the heads of the NEF, the IDC, as well as the DTIC teams to ensure that uh, support was provided quite quickly to various companies and here we've seen the shortened timeframes, and I will just give you an example. Um, the NEF met at least twice a week to ensure um, approvals, um, uh, to ensure that approvals 
uh, within two weeks of applications being received. Um, the um, NEF uh, met as as uh, on a daily basis to to go through the applications, and really this this process has really pro- provided them insight in, into how they can simplify and re-engineering their processes um, in terms of providing um, support quite uh, quite time timelessly. In terms of funds that were not dispersed, um, uh, Chair, in our presentation, we've indicated that 3 billion rand was approved. And of the 3 billion rand, 2.4 billion, 2.4 billion rand has been dispersed to date. Um, what we've also indicated that um, the disbursement will continue in the current financial year as firm meet various milestone and targets in terms of the conditions of approval. So these disbursements are not yet finalized, but it will continue in, 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 in the coming year. In terms of lessons learned, I think, um, as indicated in the presentation as well, one of the reasons why we were able to ensure that our support reached the number of sites was dominantly through the partnerships with uh, a number of intermediaries. And this ensured that our support went in some of the township and rural communities. And, and, and this we could see in which we got some of the large, small and informal traders that were supported. In terms of some of the other lessons that we learned, I think uh, the, re- the reduction in red tape in terms of improving systems, processes um, across the board in both in, in terms of the DTIC, the IDC and the NEF. And I think this has taught us a number of lessons in how we can improve our systems and processes going forward. Um, the in terms of some of, of the other lessons, I think the um, in terms of the IDC, the their leadership quickly realized that a business as usual approach um, will fall significantly short in terms of the responsiveness required, um, and this required them to really look at it in a very different way. Um, they looked at um, in-house collaboration within the various teams. They adopted a much more structured approach um, with clear roles and responsibilities, um, clear defined credit assessment parameters and supporting resources. And here we've seen that in, com- in cases where companies in whose uh, records were destroyed, they were also able to tap into some of the uh, information held by CIPC in terms of helping companies build financial information that could be considered by the various uh, credit uh, uh, committees. Uh, I think what we've seen is that this partnership with a number of private sector companies has really brought about a new way of working. And this is something that we will uh, look at going in, in terms of uh, support going for, in terms of the support approach going forward. Che, in terms of the earlier question from Honorable McPherson, but not, not to belabor the point, just to indicate that um, um, we did provide support to a number of companies in terms of where the demographic profile of the companies were owned by white male or female. And just to maybe highlight a, a few, uh, but not to, to, to go into the detail, there was a company called Prilla, which employed 269 employees. 
and they received funding to the value of 15 million rand. Um, there was also another company called Power Stores Bridge City, PTY Limited, who, who employed 158 employees, and they also received funding to the value of 25.8 million rand. A company called Selrose Edels um, received a funding of 16 million rand. Um, another one called Fashion X received funding of 8.5 million rand. And just maybe the, as, as a last one, um, there was one called Trade Star Equesi, who employed 92 employees, and they also received a funding to the value of 29.3 million rand. So, Chet, so the, the support, um, as the Deputy Minister has indicated, did not, um, um, there was no uh, differentiation between um, any racial demographics, but it was, it was really support um, in terms of all the companies that responded within the survey and to ensure that our support was felt across uh, the board. Chair, I will then uh, pause at this point and then hand over back to you. Thank you so much, Chair. Thank you very much. Um, the uh, Honourable Deputy Minister, you want to make any concluding remarks as I don't see any hands, further hands? Thanks, thanks very much, Chairperson. Chairperson, thank, thanks, thanks to you for the opportunity provided to us. Uh, just um, before I do that, um, um, let me thank the acting DG for bringing to your attention uh, some of the companies that uh, were, were were supported. Uh, just just to to make the point that uh, we did not uh, uh, use a criteria that uh, was, uh, uh, was 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 based on race. But I, I, I do hope that uh, Honorable McPherson does take to heart what uh, Honorable Jacobs has said, that this is a very sensitive matter in our society and has got to be treated with the care it deserves. Uh, so from our side, uh, we will uh, uh, respond and give support uh, to all of our people, depending on need, and uh, we will have no... Uh, constitutional or legal basis uh, to discriminate uh, when it comes to support that we give uh, to our businesses uh, or to our people in general. So uh, thanks to the DG for bringing attention, Chair, that it was not only Black-owned businesses that were supported, but there were others as well. With regard to what have we learned, and this is this may be just a small um, uh, area of our work, Chairperson, but uh, the, the 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 president has uh, um, uh, called on the on the whole of the executive uh, to try and ensure that, uh, in addition to working in an integrated manner, that we can uh, uh, introduce into government processes, into government systems, ways that can ensure that we we respond faster. So we're learning through these tragedies that things can be done differently. We did see both NAF and IDC work in ways that uh, went, were very extraordinary, that uh, were ways that uh, would not have been applied in the past. So as to the, the honor of Jacobs uh, uh, um, uh, correctly points out, so we should not work in that way only during um, uh, periods of crisis, but that we should introduce these methods as a way of working by government, 
we should apply these to our day-to-day -day work. And uh, I must I want to just point out here that in fact, with regard to the IDC, uh, we're having a discussion with them now with regard to how do we respond to the challenges of both uh, township and rural economies. Uh, and in what we're trying to do and, and in our thinking, we're beginning to, to uh, see how we can bring the lessons that were learned in terms of uh, uh, faster support and the shorter time um, frames when it comes to uh, processing loans and dis disbursements. So this is something that uh, uh, Honorable Member, that we, we would want to introduce Honorable Jacobs in our day-to-day -day, uh, work as government to ensure that uh, we are integrated, but we can work faster because the needs of our people uh, are quite uh, are quite big. And uh, if we were to work the way we have always worked in as government, uh, would not be able to respond to the very, to the many challenges uh, that our people currently face. So we, from these disasters, from COVID, from the unrest to the floods, we have learned that there may be different ways of conducting the business of government, and we think we can work faster. With that, the Honourable Chairperson, thank you for your time, and thanks to the Honourable Members to their for their insights and their, their questions that they've posed to us. Thank you very much, Deputy Minister and your team. So in building back better, we will also build back smarter so that we learn from uh, the experiences that we have during a time of crisis. Uh, that concludes the business for the day. Uh, can I just ask the Secretary to just um, indicate for our next meeting? Um, Chairperson, our next meeting is tomorrow. We will we'll engage with the downstream um, um, industry and possibilities and challenges to the sugar beneficiation processes. The food and beverage sectors will address the committee tomorrow. Members okay. will also hopefully by the end of business today receive this up, the, the presentations from these, open, these stakeholders, Chair. Thanks. Thank you very much. That concludes the business of the day. Thank you very much for your attention. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Long live, chair. Thank you, chair. Recording stopped.